they say. Well, we thought that things would work out in the end, but friends are not friends and enemies are so close to me. I don't know who you supposed to be. So contemplate that before approaching me. Hey, fool, run that hey, shit the fuck back, man. Man, come on, you think too much. Boy, you did, I ain't heard you 
your number one source for knowledge in the information age. High Frequency Radio Network.
Peace to the gods. Peace to the goddesses. I would like to welcome you to another episode of The Foundation here on High Frequency Radio Network. Appreciate you joining. I want to start off by saying all thanks, honors, and praises are due to the Creator and the Ancestors. For without them, we would not be here. Once again, welcome to the Foundation. Where we understand and know incorrect information incorrectly applied can get you hurt. Correct information incorrectly applied can get you hurt. So here at the Foundation, we're looking to correctly apply correct information. I want to say big up to Big Brother Yusuf L. Big shout out, salute. HighFrequencyRadioNetwork.com creator extraordinaire. STC University. I mean, my man, he stays working. Check out his YouTube channel. He stays doing his dance. <clears throat> Excuse me. Welcome to the foundation.com. Check us out. You can find the email list. You can sign up for it right there on the main page. You can find the Facebook page, the Instagram page, the Twitter page if you're into that. You can check out the PDF section. Y'all might want to get over there and grab PDFs. I'm about to do some rearranging. There's going to be a reduction in the PDFs that are available. I don't know if you're into that stuff. You can book a consultation. You can also make a donation all from the same spot. Welcome to thefoundation.com. Adding some stuff. Taking away some stuff. You know, keeping up to date. I want to say peace to all the listeners. I want to say peace to all the live listeners. All the live callers. All the live callers called in into the show. Internet listeners, the archive listeners, podcast listeners, MP3 listeners. I want to say peace to all the listeners. As well as peace to the trustees. Salute and all those investing in their private education. I also want to say peace to anyone I have done business with in the private. Peace and thank you to anyone that has made a donation, sent an email or well wishes, a current event, or otherwise added to the foundation. Definitely want to say peace. Appreciate you. topic of this show is the foundation what can I do with this 9-8 number a lot of people you know are really interested in these 9-8 numbers not necessarily knowing why you know the how I want to get the 9-8 number but don't necessarily know the why so we're going to get into that we're going to get into that unequivocally we're going to discuss these things I do want to say though People have been, you know, talking and discussing. Got a couple of emails. People saying that when they call into the show, it charges them, uh, I don't know, one cent per minute or whatever it is per minute. Well, I think it's mostly with people with T-Mobile. When they call into the show, the 424-222-5250. 
So I did want to say, you know, I, you know, I replied to some emails, but I also want to say live here that you can Android or iPhone, you can download this app. It's called Talk Atone, T-A-L-K-A-T-O-N-E. And it basically turns your phone into a internet over, I'm sorry, voice over internet protocol. Well, you won't incur that fee. You can still call into the show if you want to. So it's called Talkatone. I like it. Sometimes you, you know, depending on your connection, your your wireless connection, you may have connection issues. Make sure you have a good connection. But definitely a way around these, you know, these things, man. We just gotta, you know, remain vigilant. Let me get into these current events. I, you know, just do this. I mean, I got a lot, a lot of current events. It's crazy, right? So let's start off with <clears throat> Bloomberg. United States budget deficit widens to $691 billion in the first half of 2019. And we're not even halfway through. I think, isn't it the fourth, fourth month? U.S. budget deficit widened to $691 billion in the first half of fiscal 2019. Oh, okay. As spending outpaced and increased in revenue, highlighting the continued fallout on the government debt from President Trump's tax cuts and the effects of an aging population. The budget gap increased 15% compared with the same October-March period a year earlier, according to the Treasury Department's budget report released Wednesday. Anyone who knows business, you know you can create and elect your own fiscal year. So it looks like their fiscal year ends in March. So I guess that makes sense. Receipts for six-month period rose 7% while spending jumped. Uh, I'm sorry, rose 0.7%, 7.7%. While spending jumped 4.9% for the month of March alone, the deficit narrowed to $147 billion, which was narrower an economist forecast in the Bloomberg survey and the $234 billion level the prior month. That's the extent of that. Large budget deficits, yo. Moving forward, we on Reuters citing global slowdown. Fed sees no changes to rates in 2019. Not a big, you know, not a big surprise there at all. I mean... Most people, you know, insiders, people I was talking to, we all knew that, you know, they were not only going to slow down raising rates, but they were going to stop raising rates because the economy is about to, the economy can't handle it. Let's just say that. But now they're saying they see no rate changes in the entire 2019 year. The Federal Reserve is likely to leave interest rates unchanged this year, giving risks to the U.S. economy from a global slowdown. And uncertainty over trade policies and financial conditions. This is according to the minutes from its March 19th through 20th policy meeting. U.S. Central Bank pivoted abruptly, at least they're telling the truth, because that's exactly what happened. The United States Central Bank pivoted abruptly at the meeting to a much less aggressive posture. 
and in minutes released today showed policymakers agreed to be, quote, patient, end quote, about making any moves on rates. Mm-hmm. Wonder why? You think it's because they see the cracks in the foundation of the economy? A majority of participants expected that the evolution of the economic outlook and risks to the outlook would likely warrant leaving the target range unchanged for the remainder of the year. This is according to the minutes. U.S. central bankers also debated possible policy moves the Fed could make after it ended its balance sheet reduction program by September, with some advocating purchases of United States Treasury securities at that point. I wonder why you're talking about that. Probably, you know, with regards to that yield curve inversion, financial market reaction to the release of the March meeting minutes was largely muted. I guess that's one way to put it. I would say that's probably an opinion. U.S. stocks were a little changed and tre- Treasury yields drifted up from the day's low. Some policymakers said they might change their minds on whether the Fed's next move should be to raise or lower rates. You see that introduction? They introduced the lowering of the rates that they just raised. Several participants noted that their views of the appropriate target range for the federal funds rate could shift in either direction based on, quote, incoming data, according to the minutes. It's interesting. Y'all can check this out. I'm, I'm, you know, that's it. I mean, this is, this is not that long of an article. It's probably about a three to four minute read. But uh, citing global slowdown, Fed sees no changes to rates in 2019. And you can talk about lowering rates in the minutes. In the Fed minutes, man. On the wayside. Still on Reuters. U.S. consumer prices rise solidly. But underlying trend, tame. What are you saying? What are you saying, Reuters? U.S. consumer prices increased by the... Most in 14 months just in March. But the underlying inflation trend remained benign. Okay, so the underlying inflation trend is benign, huh? Amid slowing domestic and global economic growth, the mixed report from the Labor Department today was broadly supportive of the Federal Reserve's decision last month to suspend its three-year campaign to raise interest rates. The U.S. Central Bank dropped projections for any rate hike this year after lifting borrowing costs four times in 2018. Minutes of the Fed's 19th to 20 minute published today showed most policymakers views price pressures as muted but expected inflation to rise to or near the central bank's 2% target, the Fed's preferred inflation measure, the personal consumption expenditures price index, excluding food and energy, is currently at 1.8%. Okay, so maybe that's why they're saying it's benign. They're trying to say inflationary pressures, even though prices are going up for, you know, consumer goods. We're talking about grocery store goods. You're talking about stuff at the grocery store. You know, prices are going up, but we're not worried about it because if they exclude um, food anyways, they exclude, it excludes food, gasoline, and rents. 
is what it says right here. The Fed's preferred inflation measure, the personal consumption expenditures price index, excluding food and energy. I mean, I, I think that says a lot. I'm, I'm going to read a little bit more. For the most part, inflation remains tame. This is Joel Noroff, chief economist at Noroff Economic Advisors in Holland, Pennsylvania, continues to say that the Fed effectively went on vacation and is likely to stay there for quite a few more months. The Labor Department said its consumer price index rose 0.4%, boosted by increases in costs of food, gasoline, and rents. That was the biggest advance since January 2018 and followed a two-tenths of a percent gain in February. In the 12 months through March, the CPI increased 1.9% consumer price index. The consumer price index gained 1.5% in February, which was the smallest rise since September 2016. Economists posed by Reuters had forecasted CPI climbing three-tenths of a percent in March and accelerating to 1.8% year-on-year. Hmm. Wow. Okay, and then here's the other thing. Not only are prices going up, but at the same time, I want y'all to pay attention to the weight of these packages. How much does this stuff weigh? Have you noticed that you're getting less product for the same price or maybe a little bit more? I mean, it's happening. It absolutely happens going down as we speak. Moving on. I'm moving. I'm going to add. I'm staying on Reuters. Treasuries. Treasury yields decline after tame core U.S. inflation data. Didn't they just say that the trend of Treasury yields lifted? That's what I told you. It was like it's, it's an opinion over here. U.S. Treasury yields slid on Wednesday as tame underlying U.S. inflation data reinforced expectations that the Federal Reserve would hold interest rates steady or cut them once by the end of the year. Here we go with the cutting of the rates again. What does that indicate? What is that an indication of? Did the Federal Reserve purposely raise rates just so they can lower lower them for the upcoming, you know, potential recession or whatever we got going on? Who knows? Lower U.S. yields were also in line with falls in the European bond market after the European Central Bank affirmed its easing bias in the midst of downside risks to the Eurozone economy. There is a persistent trend of inflation underperformance that may soon become problematic for the Fed, said Ian Lingen, head of U.S. rate strategy at BMO Capital Markets in New York. Data showed that last month's U.S. core consumer prices, a key inflation gauge that the Fed monitors, rose one-tenth percent, lower than expectations of two-tenths percent. Headline inflation, though advanced four-tenths percent in March, boosted by rising gasoline prices and rents. And rents. I mean, of course, you know that 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 data is going to come in. You know, most uh, property owners they raised rents in January, so you're not going to hear about that until March. Well, it's not going to be published until March, but you're not really going to hear about it until right around now. Uh, what else we got? Minutes of the last Federal Reserve meeting, also released today, suggested that the U.S. Central Bank is likely to leave rates unchanged this year, given risks to the economic outlook from a global slowdown and uncertainty over trade policies and financial conditions. We have long expected that weaker growth would convince the Fed to reverse course with with 75 basis points of rate cuts by the middle of 2020, with the first cut probably now 
coming before the end of this year. This is Andrew Hunter, senior U.S. economist at Capital Economics in London. So, oh, it's benign. This, this, this. They're saying that the Treasury yields declined. I mean, listen, listen. Dollar index remains softer after Federal Open Market Committee minutes. CNBC. The dollar held modestly lower against a basket of currencies today as records on the Federal Reserve's March 19th to 20 meeting showed policymakers debated about the central bank's bond holdings and agreed on leaving interest rates alone. The euro fell today as European Central Bank President Mario Draghi underscored the risks facing the eurozone economy, reinforcing bets on possible Further stimulus to prevent the region from slipping into recession, man. <sighs> the essence of Draghi's message is, quote, we are willing to look at all options, but we are not there yet, end quote. This is Boris Schlossberg, managing director of BK Asset Management in New York. Incoming data conti- continues to be weak, especially for the manufacturing sector. The slower growth momentum is expected to extend into the current year, Draghi said. This is at a press conference after a meeting where policymakers left their easy policy unchanged. He also cited the risks from trade disputes to regional business activity after United States President Donald Trump threatened to impose tariffs on $11 billion worth of European Union goods. The greenback, which was mainly lifted by the pullback in the euro, was also bolstered by the latest reading of the U.S. Consumer Price Index. The somewhat mixed CPI report soothed worries about price growth fading, but did not dispel the view the Federal Reserve may lower key U.S. interest rates by early 2020. And why are they lowering the weight, the rates? I don't, I don't understand. Moving forward, Dow falls for a second day, loses 190 points with investors nervous about earnings doesn't sound too good. The Dow Jones Industrial Average fell for the second straight day. Third straight, my bad. As investors awaited the start of corporate earnings season later this week. Whew. These earnings are, man, these, when these earnings come out, mm, if they're low, you mm, pay attention. It's going to. The Dow and S&P 500 both posted their worst sessions since March 22nd, while the Nasdaq Composite notched its largest drop since March 27th. Market focus is centered on corporate earnings results, with major U.S. banks set to kick off the first quarter earnings season later this week. J.P. Morgan Chase and Wells Fargo are both poised to report their latest figures on Friday, while Citigroup and BlackRock are are scheduled to publish their results next week. Bank of America, which will also report earnings next week said yesterday that it's raising its minimum wage for its employees to $20 an hour. The minimum wage at the company will be raised to $17 an hour effective May 1st and will increase in increments over the next two years. Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, and Morgan Stanley all fell at least half of a percent on Tuesday. Wall Street expectations for the earnings season imply a significant reduction to corporate profit growth in comparison to recent quarters. Investors anticipate first quarter for S&P 500 earnings growth to slip right around 4.3% on a year-over-year basis, according to fact-set estimates. S&P 500 revenues are expected to grow just under 5%, 
We're heading into earnings season and growth is expected to be negative for the first time since 2016. I think investors are wringing their hands over it. This is Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer at Crescent Wealth Advisors. But if you look at all the credit spreads, you look at volatility, everything still suggests that investors just tighten their seatbelts. That said, Ablin added, it appears we've had a year's worth of gains in the first three months, so I can't blame anyone for wanting to take chips off the table. Pay attention, y'all. Next one, I'm, I'm getting through this. USA Today, the stock market today closed lower, ending S&P 500 eight-day win streak. What date is this? Okay, so industrial companies led a broad slide in stocks on Wall Street, ending the benchmark S&P's eight-day eight winning streak. Sell-off came as traders weighed growing trade tensions between the United States and the European Union and a report forecasting dimmer global economic growth this year. Banks and technology companies also lost ground. Only utilities and communication service providers, a broad category that includes entertainment, telecommunications, and Internet companies, notched gains. Says USA Today, the stock market closed lower, ending an eight-day winning streak. CNBC. Treasury yields edge lower as investors turn cautious over earnings and tariffs. Y'all remember I just read this article that said that the Treasury yields were up? <laughs> now you understand why I was sounding kind of confused when I read that? Because I, I, I mean, because I, I knew otherwise, man. I mean, come on now. This is CNBC. Let me talk about this. U.S. government debt yields fell. Pulling back from slim gains seen in the previous session, the yield on the benchmark 10-year note, which moves inversely to price, was lower at around 2.496%, while the yield on the 30-year Treasury bond was lower at 2.9071%. Investors are grappling with the intensified trade tensions between the United States and the European Union after a World Trade Organization ruling over subsidies for Airbus. The World Trade Organization ruled last year that the subsidies caused adverse effects to the United States. U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer on Monday proposed a list of European Union products on which to slap tariffs as retaliation for European aircraft subsidies. (laughs) All right, look, I'm just going to move on to the next one. Asia markets mixed after the International Monetary Fund flashes 2019 growth outlook again. Stocks in Asia were mixed today amid fresh concerns over the outlook for the global economy. Mainland Chinese stocks were largely unchanged on the day with the Shenzhen composite declined uh, 0.209%. Man, the, the Hang Seng Index in Hong Kong declined 0.15% uh, in its final hour, hour of trading as Hong Kong listed shares of Chinese construction bank fell more than 1%. In Japan, the, the Nikkei, Nikkei, I don't know how to say this, 225 declined, half of a percent. South Korea's um, Kospi gained about a half of a percent. Australia's ASX 200 closed just above the flat line. 
the country's central bank deputy governor had said in a speech today that it was attempting to ascertain the appropriate policy path amid conflicting signals from the labor market, GDP data, and business surveys. They're talking about the global recession. And guess what? Gold up near two-week highs as ECB, European Central Bank, and the Federal Reserve give dovish signals. Gold rose today, lifted to the highest, <clears throat> excuse me, in almost two weeks as investors fretted about the global economy and trade tensions. And as the European Central Bank and the United States Federal Reserve showed signs that monetary policy will remain accommodative. U.S. gold futures settled four tenths of a percent higher, now selling at $1,313.90. I should check that. I mean, it's probably it's probably different right now. Gold drew support from political and economic worries such as the Brexit, U.S. politics, and trade tensions between Washington and China, and now the eurozone. Says George Gero, manage, managing director at RBC Wealth Management. European Central Bank President Mario Draghi raised the prospect of more support for the struggling Eurozone economy today. Minutes of the Fed's latest meeting showed a patient stance on interest rate hikes. Analysts said these factors supported gold prices. U.S. consumer prices increased in March by the most in more than a year, but underlying inflation remained benign against the backdrop of slowing domestic and global economic growth. I mean, let's just talk about it. All right, so this this one, I'm glad I saw this one because this article right here lets me know that it's starting to pick up. And the reason why I'm saying that it's starting to pick up is because one of my my mentor, my mentor when it comes to finance, you know, Army intelligence dude. I don't know what what um you know what he pledged. You know, I know he's a pledge though. Army intelligence dude, very very smart. And, like, my man taught me how to look at stuff, right? And he taught me how to think uh, when it comes to finances and markets and world markets and global geopolitical events and stuff like that. So, you know, um, from what I learned from him and, you know, other stuff that I've learned moving forward, this article right here, okay, just let me explain this. When the markets start melting up, there's a melt-up before the meltdown, all right? And a melt-up is is when, you know, stuff starts getting, um, the prices start going way up on things, you know, stocks. Bonds, all that stuff, you know, people just start It's crazy, we all got to get into it But there needs to be a Sustained effort by not only Institutional America, but also The government To get all of Main Street All, you know uh, Of, of the, the Average Joe people, you and me Involved somehow in some way In the stock market In this, you know Whatever, whatever you want to call it I call it a positive scheme, but you know we're getting to that time. So before the stuff pops, they're trying to get all the money they can into the system before they pull the, pull the plug, all the energy that they can from all the people into the system, all the common Joes and stuff. So this is what I'm paying attention to. And that's what I'm looking for is when they really start trying to get all of us into the system. Now there's a lot of different apps on your phone and stuff like that on how to invest I saw Robinhood is one of them, you know, in these different investing apps and stuff. And I don't think that that necessarily uh, speaks to, you know, the advent 
of, you know, some sort of economic crisis ensuing. But because I think, you know, when it comes to apps, there's a lot of different applications on these phones and it's just people trying to make money and, you know, trying to fill a niche, you know, or make a buck bottom line. It doesn't really, to me, indicate, you know, market conditions about how many investment apps are available, but it kind of does a little bit. Bottom line is, let me get to the point. USA Today says, don't have a 401k. Retirement plans could be expanded to include more workers. I find this significant. I really, pff, look, if you work for a small company that does not offer a retirement plan, keep your eye open on Congress. Remember I said it has to be institutional. United, you know, the institutions in the United States as well as the government. <clears throat> a large retirement package bill was approved yesterday by the House of Representatives Ways and Means Committee and included provisions of the SECURE Act, which stands for Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement. All right? At a time when a lot of Americans have amassed only meager nest eggs, the House panel is pushing to bolster retirement savings, mainly by expanding 401k retirement plans to more workers. The legislation would also make it easier for employers to offer annuities in their plans while removing some obstacles on individual retirement accounts or IRAs. Man, please, please pay attention to what I'm saying right now. Please, y'all, because this is, this is probably one of the most significant um, current events I've ever said on one on you know the foundation. It, it really is at a time when a lot of Americans have a mask. Well, I already said that. Enhancing retirement security is a goal that both Republicans and Democrats can get behind. Okay, so under the guise of enhancing retirement security, there's this, there's this expand there's going to be this expansion in you know 401ks and retirement accounts that are based in. Um, debt instruments They're uh, going to be part of broker charges They're going to have stock in Apple They're going to have stock in Different companies and stuff Please pay attention Please pay attention So under the guise of enhancing Retirement security Both Republicans and Democrats Can get behind it This is what the House action shows The bipartisan proposal passed unanimously And the Senate is considering A similar Bill. What are the key provisions? The legislation would make it easier to expand 401k style plans among small employers, many of whom don't offer these benefits. By permitting companies to join together to form multi-employer plans and save on administrative expenses, another provision would provide an employer credit of up to $5,000 to defray startup costs. So we're giving corp company owners and controllers, you know, entrepreneurs. A reason to get their employees in this because each time for I mean for that year I'm sure for each employee that you set up on a, on a retirement plan that they contribute to you only have to match it probably some companies what they do three percent match six percent match nowadays if you're lucky you don't have to match it you're giving your money to it they're going to get a five thousand dollar tax deduction uh, an estimated seven hundred thousand more Americans could receive retirement plan coverage under the bill according to the American Council of life insurers. A financial education provision would provide more user-friendly illustrations of how saving account balances could translate into monthly lifetime income and 
Another option would allow workers to convert a portion of their savings into an annuity or stream of payments. The legislation also would repeal the current age limit, now 70 and a half, above which people can no longer contribute to IRAs, recognizing that some Americans will need to work and keep saving well into traditional retirement age. Y'all see what's going on, man? The bill also would delay the age at which IRA-required minimum distributions must start from 70 and a half to 72. Of course, man, because they want to probate your stuff. Look, man, I don't know if you dealt with it. I don't know if if you did not deal with it. You know someone that did. About 10 years ago, you know, 10 years ago or so, there was something called the Great Recession, all right? And a lot of people, most people, either you or, like I said, someone very close to you lost everything. They lost everything. How did they lose everything? They lost their properties. They lost their cars. They lost their retirements. How did they lose their retirements? Well, because the stock market, quote, crashed. And most people's retirement 401ks were tied up in the stock market. So most people lost over half, well, not most, I'll say about 40%. Most people lost about 40% of their 401k accounts, their IRA accounts. Now, some would say, ooh, if you left it alone and left it, left it there, you know, they, you might have gotten it back by now, maybe even more. I don't know. I'm not really, I don't know, man. I don't do that stuff. But they're gonna, there's going to be not only a $5,000 per employee tax incentive for employers, but they're going to allow these companies to link together multi-employer plans. You're contributing your money to these things. I'm telling you, to me, this, this screams we're going to begin to melt up. Um, the Federal Reserve and these different news sources citing um, the lowering of the interest rate. Now they're, they're, they're starting to introduce the idea of it to the public. I find that significant. The fact that um, consumer prices have gone up so significantly, I find that significant. Um, the federal deficit, you know, for 600-something billion dollars in the first half of the fiscal year of 2019, I find that significant. All these different stimulus and stuff, and oh, guess what? We're going to expand 401ks, and more smaller, smaller businesses are going to get into it, get incentivized, and all this stuff. And it doesn't matter to me. If I own a company, I have 15 employees. How much do you think it's going to cost? To set up, you know, a multi-employer plan. Do you think the cost will be more or less with like, say, 10 employees or five employees? So the more employees I have, the more incentivized I am to sign these employees up for this 401k dance. I'm not going to dwell on this anymore, but I do, I do, I do trust that the gravity of what I'm attempting to articulate is not lost. USA Today, in boon for many homeowners, the least expensive houses have risen sharply in price. 
when Todd and Maria, I'm sorry, Todd and Marissa Bluth bought a 188,000 starter house in Commerce City, Colorado in 2012. They figured it would take at least a decade to build enough equity and savings to trade up to their dream home. Yet just four years later, they sold the 1,600 square foot unit for 284000 allowing them to take nearly $100,000 profit and buy a five-bedroom nearly three times the size for what seemed like the steal, 375000 also in a more upscale neighborhood. I never thought the house would appreciate so quickly, Todd, 34, says. We played the market against itself. Since the U.S. housing recovery began in 2012, affordable homes in modest neighborhoods have not the sharpest price increases, while luxury houses in wealthy neighborhoods have had the smallest percentage gains. In other words, on average, the lower the home price tier, the more dramatic the price increase with mid-range homes appreciating moderately. More room to recover. The trend is largely rooted in the fact that prices of inexpensive houses fell the steepest during the real estate crash and so had more room to recover, says economist Kwame Donaldson of Moody's Analytics. Also, affordable entry-level homes have been in short supply, driving up their price tags says E.C. Ramam, chief economist at Trulia, a real estate research firm. The unusual dynamic is allowing homeowners like the Blues to move up to their forever homes more rapidly. It's also helping many low- and moderate-income Americans amass wealth that can improve their lifestyles or bolster their nest eggs. But the first-time buyers looking to get into the market now may be squeezed out. And that's what's happening Actually, that's that's exactly what's happening. Uh, there's this there's this article I was reading. What was it? It was like because I you know I, I'm constantly reading. Um, it was uh, the connection between home ownership and generational wealth, and how it's absolutely necessary to own your home, but also to own other property to perpetuate generational wealth. And it was, it was, it was ridiculous. Um, basically if you're not, if you don't own a home, it's really tough to aggregate wealth and, you know, generational capital. So, there's a certain segment of the population that are being priced out of the market right now. And are being priced out of, you know, grabbing that wealth. Personally, um, I bought a duplex four, I don't know, four years ago or something like that. It's appreciated over $100,000. So and it's 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 significant. So you, if you don't own a home, I highly suggest you think about purchasing property, first time home buyer stuff. They got grants, <clears throat> forgivable loans, all this stuff <clears throat> that helps you. <clears throat> Even if you think that you can never qualify, I highly suggest going to like a credit union and just talking about it with you know someone over there, some banker or some telling you looking to buy a home, and you know. At the very least, they'll pull your credit and tell you, hey, this is what things you need to do to get there. 
not impossible. All right, let's get to this. Man, this is dragging out. I'm sorry. Amazon Go stores are reportedly set to start accepting cash. After facing increased external pressure, it looks like Amazon's cashless stores will no longer be cashless. CNBC reports that an internal meeting in March, an Amazon executive told employees that the company plans to expand its payment options. Responding to questions about discrimination against people who are unbanked, Steve Cassell, Amazon's senior vice president of physical stores, told employees that the company is adding additional payment mechanisms as its ghost, at its ghost stores. We're in the early days, but it's important to focus for us and we'll continue to extend these, these methods with our stores, Kessel reportedly said, as he discussed payment methods that have recently been introduced in Amazon stores. Currently, all of 10 Amazon's cashierless stores, cashierless charge purchases using an app, app connected to a bank or credit card. It's unclear how accepting cash impacts the company's goal of opening 3,000 new cashier free stores over the next few years, you know, Amazon bought, uh, what is it, Whole Foods? Let's go check that out. As these, you know, wages increase, we got one of the, the one of the largest companies in the world introducing cashless stores. Think about it. USA Today, and this is it. Walmart robot janitors will mop floors, scan shelves, sort items, and more. This is real. Walmart is planning to use thousands of robots for a wide variety of tasks within its stores following a well-received round of tests. Smart assistants have huge potential to make busy stores run more smoothly, the nation's largest private employer said in a news release. Walmart, which employs 1.5 million associates in the United States alone, said in the release yesterday that the plans will give employees more of an opportunity to do what they're uniquely qualified for, which is serve customers face-to-face on the sales floor and take your stock job. Walmart isn't the only retailer that has robots roaming around Home Depot customers can type an item into the store app and call up a map that leads them to where they can find the light fixture or cabinet they need. Shoppers at some stores and malls can also get the information they need from a robot named Pepper. And the Mall of America the largest mall in North America, located in Bloomington, Minnesota, has enlisted a hologram named Ellie the Elf as a virtual greeter. So, you know, as this Internet of Things continues to move forward and, you know, the we got global recession indicators, we got trade wars with China, and now we got trade wars with the European Union, we got massive, you know, alleged uh, illegal immigration going on at the borders. I don't know if it's true or not. I haven't been down there. You got fake news. You got all these things going on while robots are beginning to take jobs, manual labor jobs. And it's only going to accelerate cashierless stores, self-driving cars, Robot moppers and sweepers and shelf stockers. Robot roll by the shelves, throwing out a um, infrared beam, scanning the shelves, go up and down the shelves, go in the back, grab everything it needs, and then restock the shelves. It doesn't ask for a raise. It doesn't need a bathroom break. 
It doesn't need any vacation. It doesn't need a 401k. It doesn't even need a paycheck. Just service it when it needs to and plug it in. This is the future that we're going into, y'all. So it's best to be prepared and understand how we're going to navigate that future. So what can I do with this 9-8 number? Welcome to the foundation. So, you know, I get a lot of questions, a lot of emails, man. You know, a lot of questions, a lot of emails. One of my funniest emails that I get, and this is a trend, it's not just one person. But I get this email, you know, and it'll be very, very wordy. Like, this is a trend. Like, this isn't just one person. This very wordy email with a lot of, you know, words and terminology and stuff like that. I don't know if they're trying to, if you're trying to show me how smart you are or something. But these really wordy emails with this, you know, I got my 9-8 number, so, you know, I'm set. Or now I'm going to, you know, be private or, you know, man, I've heard so many different renditions of what people think and believe to be significant regarding this, you know, 9-8 number. So, okay, let's say you have one. Let's say you have one right now. I just, you know, what we're going to talk about, what you can do with it. Now, you 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 might, I'm not saying this is all the things you can do with it. You can get away with some things. Um, I've heard other things being done with these, you know, these numbers. And, you know, I'm going to touch on one of them, you know, when I'm, when I begin wrapping up, but. Of all the different beliefs of what, like this, this, oh, I got my nine, eight number, like bullet, you got, you got a bulletproof outfit or something and you can do anything. It, it's not the end all be all. It's not. And, you know, I get a lot of questions about it. I get a lot of emails about it. I got my 9-8 number. Now what? What can, What do I do with it? How do I, you know, is it my social? This is that. This, you know, so whatever. Bottom line is a 9-8 number, first and foremost, refers to an EIN that's issued by the Philadelphia campus of the Internal Revenue Service to an entity that is foreign to the United States jurisdiction. Foreign. The entity is foreign. What is that entity? It's a trust. The only entity that the United States recognizes from outside of the United States jurisdiction without registering with the state, secretary of state or some sort of, you know, county recorder or something like that. The only entity that is recognized within the United States is a trust. And that is according to the Hague Convention on Trusts. And any country that signed on to that convention or became part of that convention that's why when you get a quote nine eight number, every single time they put trust or capital T capital R after whatever name you give them. I don't care what name. Yo, 
what's the name? And you say him, you know, it's uh it's it's freedom sovereign Miller. And they're gonna say, Okay, freedom sovereign Miller trust. They're gonna put T R and they're gonna tell you. Internal Revenue Services puts trust or TR after the name to indicate that it's a trust. They'll tell you. If you call in, they'll tell you. And if you send in the SS4 form, you will know when you you get it back. So it is a foreign trust. Why is it a foreign trust? That's the only thing that the, uh, the United States recognizes outside of the United States' jurisdiction. Everything else is created by some sort of state legislation. The states were first and then representatives from certain states came together. United States. So the states were first. So the states will give you, you know, an entity to do business with. You can call it the individual, you can call it a corporation, partnership, uh, legislative trust, revocable living trust, whatever, however you want to do it. These are state-created entities, which, of course, if the state is within the United States, the United States recognizes it. But the only entity outside of the United States that is recognized as a trust, look up the Hague Convention on Trusts. Look it up. Find the PDF. Download it. Print it. Whatever you need to do, read it. Read it. Read it. Talking about going private, talking about doing trusts and stuff like that. If you haven't read the Hague Convention at least seven times entirely, I don't want to hear it. To me, that's required. That's prerequisite. So a 9-8 number, for, you know, specifically is a prefix employer identification number issued to foreign trusts. What can you do with a 9-8 number? Bottom line, use it in conjunction with some type of indenture, some sort of contract to do business in the United States. Open bank accounts, title vehicles, title real estate. If you just have the number and you don't have a contract indenture or some sort of short form contract indenture and you only have your 9-8 number, um, it's like having spaghetti and no sauce, man. It's like putting gas in the car and then jumping in the car and be like, man, I don't have any tires on the car. It's absolutely necessary to have a governing instrument. A governing instrument. What is the governing instrument of your trust? Is it some sort of trust agreement or is it a trust contract? Nine times out of ten, a trust agreement is some sort of legislative entity. So you use it in conjunction with an indenture to do business in the public. Why do you do that? Because if it's foreign, it's not governed by state legislation or federal legislation. That's a benefit. It's a benefit of not being dependent on a state-created legislative entity, an entity that owns its existence of legislation. That's a benefit of not being dependent, of being independent, of being learned or studied or private. Now, 
if it does not owe its existence to, to state legislation, can the state require it to pay state taxes? Require, like, kind of, you know, kind of means, you know, it kind of derives from, like, ruling or control. I don't know. That's a good question. You can obtain other EINs from IRS.gov with a 9-8 number. Hands down, pancake and toes. It says who's the responsible party. You don't have a choice, individual or existing business. Check existing business. Why do I step on toes so blatantly? Because next month on the 13th, you got about 30 some odd days. You can no longer do that. In order to obtain an EIN starting May 13th, you must give them a social security number or an individual tax payer identifying number. You have to starting May 13th. You can also obtain other EINs using the form SS4. You can fill out the form and send it in <clears throat> using a 9 number. <clears throat> you can get another EIN. There's an option on IRS.gov for trust, irrevocable trust. You got 30 days to get your dance on. And you're going to get on IRS.gov and they're going to ask this. Even though I said all this, you're still, there's still going to be someone like, what do I do here? What do I do here? You should get a consultation. You can email me. Admin at welcome to the foundation.com. I'm not putting all this stuff on the air, man. I'll tell you this, though. Anybody who's had a consultation with me um, has ended the interaction with, um, if I dare say so myself, more than what they expected. A lot of people don't even get through the whole hour. And I'll be telling them, man, like, hey, I want you to get your your value worth. You know, you got some time left. You got any other questions? They're like, no, man, you answered everything. So I, I, you know, it's private, so I get down in the private. But on, you know, on the air, I'm just gonna say, you know, you can you can use it on the SS4 form. You can also use it on IRS.gov up until May 13th, and it's a wrap. It's a wrap, rizzle, wrap in Reno. And you know, I spoke more on that last week when I was talking about the public is you know shutting down. It's it's, it's happening. A lot of other indicators too. And everything's really syncing up. You can build revolving credit using a 9-8 number. Of course, they're going to ask <clears throat> for underwriting purposes when you're building credit and stuff, especially when you first start out. These companies that you're building credit with are going to ask for a governing instrument. You can't just walk up to them, you know, go into a Verizon, say, I, like, I want to open up, uh, you know, a business line or a business account. And they'd be like, well, is it a company? Is it a corporation? You'd be like, nah, it's a trust. Okay, cool. So can can I have the documentation? But you just hand them a nine eight number from nine good luck. It's not it's not gonna happen. But yeah, you can build revolving credit on a nine eight number. Revolving credit is built on an EIN. You if you're gonna you can do net credit on a on a trust as well. But, you know, you'll need a Dun, Dun and Brastry number for that. 
if you're doing business, you you probably accidentally have a Dunning Bradstreet number. A lot of times these profiles are built without you knowing it. Uh, the foundation is actually a trust. And um, I recently found out that the foundation has a Dunning Bradstreet number. It was issued. And the foundation has a credit score. It's, it's interesting. I don't know. I didn't even do it on purpose, but you know, because I know how to create um, entities and build them out properly, you know, they look a certain way. So, you know, they start throwing credit at you. If you if you're established properly and you, and you definitely look like you know what you're doing, you you don't have to know what you're doing. You can just you just gotta look at look like you know what you're doing. Um, they'll start throwing money at you. I promise. I promise. What else can you do? You can um, use it to signify ownership. Um, on a classification so classification of a corporation or you know C Corp or S Corp small business corp or you know C Corp and um, C Corp entity classification is 8832 <coughs> excuse me S Corp classification is IRS form 2553 both forms um, 8832 it says if there's only one owner please put the name and identifying number ooh trick question a lot of people's move pancake and toast a lot of people don't understand the 8832 <clears throat> the craziest thing to understand is um, if only if only one owner please put name and identifying number the identifying number is an EIN so you can use you know for an EIN to do that um, do you need a governing instrument to do an 8832 with a 9N number? Technically, no. Am I telling you to have enough governing? Yeah, absolutely. Am I giving you legal advice? No, because I don't give legal advice. I'm not an attorney or a lawyer. I don't, you know, hey. But yeah, you can use that. And the 2553, it asks for owner. Social security number, or it asks for... Where is it? I'm looking at it right now. Number of shares, percentage of ownership um, in part 1M. Social security number or employer identification number. See instructions. So on both forms, they, you know, when you classify an LLC for federal income tax purposes, they, need, they want an owner, at least one owner's identifying number, whether that's an EIN or social security number. They don't care. At least right now they don't care. But it's, it's necessary. So you, you can you know if you got an LLC and you know you're doing it kind of like sole prop, you're claiming all the income on like what is that schedule C on your 1040 I think it is. And you want to you know have the business do its own income taxes, you know like an 1120 and you do your separate individual taxes or trust taxes or however you do it. The forms to do that for S Corp is IRS form 2553. For C Corp is IRS form 8832. And like I said, you can use your 9A number to satisfy the requirement for the EIN or identifying number subsequently. You can do that. What else? 
some have told me I've had I probably say three people since I've been on high frequency and interacting with so many wonderful brothers and sisters. Some people like three people have told me and there's one for sure who I believe the brother told me that he went to the bank to open up a bank account or whatever and I don't remember if it was for a corporation or a trust or whatever, but when it came down to them asking for a social security number, he gave them the 9-8 number, and they took it, and it was fine. So, I haven't done that. You know, I, I would expect that, you know, the trust would have the same name. <laughs> you know, so if your name is Michael... Dennis, it would be the Michael Dennis Trust that has, you know, the EIN, the 98 number. Otherwise, I don't know how you're giving, you know, a 98 number to a bank official and the trust attached to that 98 number name is, you know, down, down South Productions Trust. Like, I don't see how that's going to work. So I'm just assuming that, you know, it was, um, the situation where the name of the trust and the name of the individual were the same, or at least appear the same. But I, you know, hey, I believe it. Um, finally, I'm just gonna say it. CPM, man. Hey, I know. If you know how to try merge it, you know how, you know what to do. You can use a, a nine eight number as a credit profile number. Yep. <laughs> Why not? I mean, why not? No one, no one can tell me that that's, that's not possible. I, but a lot of people can tell me that they don't know how to do that. But all these things, if, if you're private, you don't have a credit profile number. Look, the Federal Bureau of Investigation says that you're not supposed to be giving out your Social Security number. And that credit profile numbers are legal as long as you don't use them to be an absconding debtor. I, I use that word, the terminology absconding. I don't, I don't know if they, they said that. They didn't say that in, the, in this report that I read. But they, you know, they spoke on credit profile numbers and they spoke on seasoned trade lines. This is I this is the FBI, man. I'm telling y'all. You're not you're not supposed to be giving out your social man with the Privacy Act. So the FBI knows about CPNs. It's not illegal. Uh, what was that? That was in the mortgage fraud report, 2008. If you want to look it up, just do jump on a search engine. You know, whatever you use. Most people use Google, and type in FBI mortgage fraud report 2008 and hit enter, and then find the PDF. It's like a really rundown property on the front page, but it's written by the FBI. You can look into the notes, the notes all the way at the back. And you'll find what I'm talking about. I'm telling you, you know, we ain't supposed to be giving out our social security numbers. So, you know, you can definitely use, you know, any number as a CPN. <clears throat> um, from what I understand, you can't use a CPN, any, you know, CPN for a federal loan, you know, like a federal home loan or something like that. But you can run a, run a trust through underwriting for a mortgage. Requirements being, obviously, two years of tax returns, 
filed for the trust, trust having a down payment, but it happens all the time. It's, you know, it's, it's prevalent. Trusts purchasing and qualifying for mortgages for real estate, commercial and residential. So I don't know. However you want to do it, but I just wanted to talk real quick. You got the 9A number. What can you do with it? You know, hey, and first and foremost, it's to be used in conjunction with the governing instrument. If you do not have a governing document, you, you need trustee training. And if you're interested in trustee training from the foundation, email me. Admin at welcome to the foundation.com. Once again, admin. A D M I N. At welcome to the foundation.com. You ask me every man look Y'all should be breaking your neck to go private Y'all should be breaking your neck to learn this stuff and go private Y'all shouldn't be Sitting back thinking oh man I need to learn all this stuff You need to find Start a community One person who understands trust One person who understands banking If you're into it One person who understands discharge So on and so forth Letters of credit Da 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 Um, Passport no social All these different things Find to create a community So you don't have to depend on Yourself to know everything But if I were you I'd be breaking my neck To get in trust This recession is coming If you have any assets Property, cars, or anything like that You better get it in trust You better you better get it in trust I was talking to a sister the other day Said she lost over 11 million dollars Worth of property And money And retirement In the last recession they took they took the rent, the adjacent property, the the the, the rental property. They took every, took the cars. They took every, why because it was all in the same name. Default on that. Default on. If I default on the mortgage payment that I have over south, and I own a property over north, they're gonna foreclose. They're gonna force a foreclosure. On my property over north Even though these fools don't even I don't even have a contract with y'all With this property Well sir it doesn't matter It's in the same name We're bringing an action against you And we won the action So we're going to force a foreclosure We're going to sell that property Or take it And give you a certain value for it And you may still owe us some money Look man She said uh, The warehouse the warehouse lines dried up first. I'd be breaking my neck if I were you to get in the trustee train, to get to go private, to get these these estates up, to go to the DMV and title the cars, to go to the county recorder and title the property. If you got a mortgage, still go to the county recorder, do a quick claim deed, make sure you call your mortgage company, send them a letter, let them know you're going to do it. You're still going to be responsible. You're still going to pay the mortgage not to get out of the debt. It's just for asset protection. They understand what it is. I'd be breaking my neck to get into trustee training. Admin at welcometothefoundation.com. Passport no social webinars finished being edited. I just got to look over it one more time. So we did the passport no social with brother Chris L. Brother was successful in obtaining a passport without submitting social security number. Um, 
It appears as though that got him on the do not detain list if it wasn't something that he'd done previously. But the brother's very sharp. He went through with the webinar and then we took it and he took he he edited the mess out of that thing. Um, added documents to it. It's crazy, 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 crazy dope. Very extensive. Um, really informational. So if you're interested in getting your hands on a copy of the webinar, I think I'm going to burn DVD discs and mail them in the mail. Or if you don't have a DVD player, I know all my old school heads, y'all got DVD players. But if you don't have a DVD player, you know, maybe I'll mail you a flash drive or something. But I don't think we're going to host this stuff because I really want to respect the brother. And he said that you want to do his best for it to not get out and be shared and all this other stuff. Because, you know, he's putting his name out there. He's putting a lot of his information out there. And he wants to keep it as private as possible. But he loves the foundation. He loves high frequency. Listening to Yusuf L for years. So, you know, he's definitely down. So, Passport No Social webinar is here. Admin at WelcomeToTheFoundation.com if you're interested. I think I'm going to somehow put it up on the site. We're working on the site. I'm putting up a link on the site to somehow figure out so we can just grab it from the site. And you don't have to interact with me or anyone here at the foundation. Um, we got about 30 seconds left in the broadcast. I'll go over a little bit. So, 424-222-5250 if you're listening online. You got to call in. You got like 10 seconds. Otherwise, you're going to get cut off. Yeah, so, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm excited for this passport, no social. I, re- I really am because I don't have a, I, I have a passport. I'm, you know, I'm going to utilize the information, you know. I learn as well with y'all sometimes. I get excited about certain things. I bring them on the show, you know, um, like with Brother Teron. You know, you know I'm building my credit, you know. And you know, I'm candy with y'all. Y'all know I got CPNs. So I've learned a lot from Teron, man. I've learned a lot from Teron. And I've learned quite a bit from Chris, you know. And they're my brothers, man, for real. So, you know, we learn together. But it's, you know, very exciting to me to have this um, done. Big project. Uh, something I've been wanting to do for a while. And really wanted to get, you know, um, around to, you know, a brother who's been in it and knows how to do it and has done it recently. And um, can actually articulate it. Because, you know, people, you you can be the smartest person in the world. If you don't know how to teach, you're done, son. All right. Uh, should I go to the phone lines? Any of y'all want to holler at me? Or should I just be out of here? Should I be out of here? Oh, okay, look at y'all. Okay. Um, ugh, phone lines, phone lines. Um, 405 area code 9575 405 Peace, what's your name, where are you calling from? Yes sir, it's Jay I'm uh, calling from the uh, Ozark area Oh hey man, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good Just out here relaxing I had a question about uh, Getting a title for uh, for an automobile If you if you go to the DMV and you ask for just a complete title history, you get the manufacturer's statement of origin that way, or will you have to go through the dealer to contact the manufacturer to get it? Because I've heard they either destroy the DMV, that is, will either destroy the MSO, or they'll just hang on to it and won't let you have it. Yeah, I've never seen anyone getting it once they, once the DMV has it. I've never heard of anyone getting it back. The only, the only way I've heard of anyone getting it is they, they bought the car straight up 
whether they negotiated the instrument okay. or not. They bought the car straight up, and they they demanded it at, from the dealership. And they got it before they sent All it right. to the DMV. So that's, that's right. the only way well, I've heard of it. Um, I've heard of people making their own, kind of like making a private, you know, uh, manufacturer certificate or something, um, notarizing it and then authenticating um, the notaries up to the state level, oh, which makes okay. sense. And then taking that and kind of putting it in their trust and evidencing it in the schedule of their trust and then bringing all that down to the DMV and kind of titling it that way, I like think. retitling it. Um, I've definitely so heard of that, that and that be, makes sense to me. Go ahead. Would that kind of be would that kind of be the same uh, process as authenticating the birth certificate and all the same types of techniques that we're using in this process? Well, yeah, but specifically um, authenticating the birth certificate, what what you're doing is when you go to the state and you get it authenticated, that authentication is the Secretary of State is saying yes, that state registrar who signed that birth certificate was active and um, was legit, basically, at the time that they signed that birth certificate. And then when you take your birth certificate and send it to the Department of State in, um, I think it's Virginia, um, what, what the Secretary of State of the United States is doing is authenticating the Secretary of State's um, authentication. So they're saying, yep, we're the United States, I'm the Secretary of State, and the Secretary of State of, uh, you know, uh, Nevada that uh, put the seal on this document was actually the official Secretary of State, and that's an authentic document. So, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, I'm authentic case and the birth certificate. Well, technically, the authentication is the registrar, and then from the depart- from the United States level, the authentication is the Secretary of State at that state level. And if you look at the documents uh, close enough, you'll kind of deduce that that is what's going on. But yeah, actually, to tell you the truth, yeah. So when you get something notarized, um, the notary, the secretary, the notaries are under the secretary of state. So notaries get their commissions from secretaries of state. So the secretary of state will um, authenticate notaries and state registrars. Okay. Okay. That's probably too much, but. All right. Like no, no, I, 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 yeah, no, I, I need it. It's, uh, I mean, we're anytime you're dealing with bureaucracy, you know, you got to get this rubber stamp, and then you got to get that seal, and you got to go every which way but loose. And, um, I mean, the system is almost designed to be overcomplicated. I think that's to frustrate people to keep them from going after what we know is truly ours. But, uh, all right. Um, and then I just have one other question: uh, student loans. There's a lot of information in the, you know, the secure party creditor process and, and offsetting, uh, off, using credit to offset debts and zeroing out the accounts. Most of the information that I'm finding, though, is for people who are getting their loans through, uh, through the private sector, like uh, Navient and all that kind of stuff. Will these same yep. processes work with the department? Will, will it still work with the Department of Education if we do these? So, you know, not giving legal advice, but um, we got to look at it like um, both sides of the ledger. So a student loan debt to you on your books of debt is an asset to the federal government. So a large portion of the federal GDP or, you know, assets every year um, 
in the budget is tied to student loan debts. So I've been, the only thing I've seen someone be successful to do with student loans is to um, discontinue or disallow the the companies to report on their credit report whether it's negative history or positive history it just fell off so it doesn't even look like they have student loans um, and usually what they do is they kind of contact you and say you still owe us blah 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 but you know they're not able to put it back on the credit report but as far as like getting federal loans like discharges or something I've never seen it I've heard you know whispers okay. but I've never seen it okay yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I mean, if it's one thing to go through like a bank or something, but if you're going through, I mean, you can't even, you can't bankrupt your way out of it. You can't say I'm sick, I can't work. You can't say you didn't get a job, even though you have a degree. It's pretty much, it's on there. So, uh, I mean, it's not really a problem. I've got, I got money saved up and I'm, you know, I mean, I wouldn't take out a loan on something I knew I couldn't pay back, but just, you know, just just looking for solutions. I mean, there is no lawful money, as we all know. So, um, just looking at some different techniques with that. But uh, I think that's all I've got. I'll uh, I'll get off the line and uh, appreciate you taking my call. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for calling in, man. It was a great meeting you, and uh, you uh, have a great evening. Peace. Good questions. Those are good questions. I, I love good questions. Very, very intelligent, articulate questions. Thanks, Jay. 925-4026. Area code 925-4026. Peace. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Peace. How you doing, man? This is uh, Brian in the back. Oh, what's up, Brian? How you doing, man? All right. Just, uh, you know, I haven't called in. I would just uh, be listening. Just uh, have a call in to figure out if you might want to say something. I have questions like that, man. So... Pretty much all saying appreciate you what you do always and keep up the good work and I will keep on listening and that's pretty much it man got nothing else to say hey man appreciate you man uh yeah I called you the other day man I saw you called me um I know I was kind of yeah, well, like I was MIA yeah, last weekend we found it joined me this morning it got you know I was just telling you that I you know took took the you know the lead and tell everybody I was trying to make sure everybody knew what was going at least know what was going on so they can no longer have to worry about it so everybody understood cool appreciate you man thank you thank you yeah I know I usually do that I know a lot of people hit me up but, bro listen stuff come up when I when I heard it, I said don't worry about it. this dude never does this something must have came up seriously or something happened and they are like oh okay I said yeah he He's never, since I've been listening, he's never had that issue. So don't worry about it. And everybody was like, cool, we'll come back. I just told him if you have any questions, you know, do what he normally told you to do. And I left it as that. So. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for stepping in, brother. Appreciate it. I mean, I look, I stepped in as much as I could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, thanks for calling in, man. Um, you know. Um, have a great week. I'm, I'm gonna hit you this weekend, man. If you don't mind, I'll call you. Ain't no problem. Okay, man. Peace. Peace. Peace.
Peace to the gods, my brother Brian from the Bay. 252-9442. Look at y'all. 252-9442. Peace. What's your name? Where you calling from? Peace. 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 This is C. Calling from the Carolinas. I just want to say, man, peace to your show. Peace to what y'all do over there. High frequency, man. And I just want to thank y'all for what y'all be doing, man. That's all I ask. Peace. I uh, appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. We do it for y'all. Thanks for calling in, brother. Got the Carolina in the house. Ooh, look at y'all. 717. Y'all like the show or something? 717 Peace. What's your name? Where you calling from? Peace. So, uh, it's Joseph. How are you doing? I'm well, Joseph. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um... I wanted to ask, um, just, I know you have a lot of experience with trust and setting up different. Joseph. Joseph. Did you mute yourself, family? Joseph, what happened to the brother? Oh, man. I'm going to try to come back to the brother. Joseph? My man just cut out. That was weird. What was this, Mellow? Peace, family. Yeah. You already know. Peace to the God. Can you hear me clearly? (laughs) Yeah, man. Peace. How you doing, man? Man, doing well, bro. Doing well. Tuning in, giving thanks, man. Give thanks to the Creator, the forefathers, the foremothers, the ancestors, all these monsters. You know what I'm saying? Right now, and, and the information that you know what I'm saying, brother. It's another brick in the foundation. It's another one, bro. Hey, I got one thing to say. So I'm about to. I got to break my neck. I'm about to break my neck, my arm, and my back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm, hey, I mean, for real. So I mean, like shame. You know what I mean? Like, you know, shit know by now, you know, and that's just what that is. Uh phone been stolen, got swiped, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Whoever any I hope they utilize the information to the best of their ability, you know what I'm saying, other than that. You know what I'm saying? It's useless. But it's all good, man. Ain't no time we're gonna kick more, you know what I'm saying? You know, I'm working on oh, what man. I got. So I can get more. You know what I'm saying? Um I got I I was going through my stories, I found me a brand new tablet. In my thing, so I'm like, ah, I need that. So I'm right now, I'm out here, man. Survival of the fittest. You know what I'm saying? We got to get it. But at the same time, uh, it's what you know what gets you farther. And so it don't matter where you at. You know what I mean? You could be sleeping on a, you know, a pallet, or you could be sleeping on, you know what I'm saying, a memory foam, $1,000 uh, mattress. Either way it go, you know what I'm saying? Still, you know, uh, you got you to gotta have the, you know what I mean, the, Severity, you know what I'm saying, to persevere, you know what I'm saying, to move through still. So we have to continue to learn throughout, man. So the thing is, family is trying to, you know, we still got to get it still. We got to get it, you know what I'm saying, give thanks, you know what I'm saying, move forward, you know what I'm saying. Uh, it's right here, you know what I'm saying, this helps out a whole lot, a whole new way to maneuver, different ways to maneuver, you know what I'm saying, actually, you know what I'm saying, new to others, but this is old. You know what I'm saying, so to speak. And that's what this about. It's crazy. Like people been maneuvering like this for a long time. 
And it's hundreds like one of hundreds of years. Yeah. Man, crazy. So what the hell we think we doing out here in the public? That's crazy. Signing everything mm-hmm. been held liable accountable for it. I was just telling my brother today. He's like, man, why don't you teach this stuff? I said, well, because I'm not in the teaching format yet, bro. I'm just letting you know that it is important to you protect what you're working so hard for. You got all these cars and things, man. You got different things, man. You got to have a way to protect them so you can be able to pass them on to your as of your state. You know what I'm saying? So this is what this is, man. Like, it's a serious. Like, if we know how to maneuver out here, this is serious. You know, so, uh, yeah, we should be breaking our neck. You know what I'm saying? For real. You know what I'm saying? Before that deadline here, too, before May 13th. You know, my birthday on the 3rd. I'm going to make sure I make this a gift to myself to make sure I do this. You know? So, you know, just what it is, man. Thankful, though. But you know what I'm saying? I know all is well. You know what I'm saying? With you. So, how you been, though? You know? Uh, I've been been good, man. I've been well, you know? Um... No complaints, man. Right. No right. complaints at all. How about you? Uh, you know, you know, um, man, it's like it's like when one door one door closes, another one open up. You know what I mean? It's like reviving, <laughs> reviving doors, bro. So while I'm continuing reviving, I got to evolve at the same time. So I'm like, man, you know, um, it's time to go ahead and maneuver a different way, man. So my honesty, but whatever, whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I have. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I just got, yeah, man. The time is up. The debt, the deadline is here. You know, so I definitely want to get that in the other type of way. So, yeah, you know, that's what it is. It's time to do it, man. So, uh, yeah. Trying to make these moves, you True. I like me, man. Waiting on you. Definitely. Definitely. Man, definitely. I know it, bro. Man, so yeah, we here, man. I got the tablet, I got the phone, you know what I'm saying? Then I got other other little sources of ways, you know what I'm saying? So we're going to do it, man. We're going to make it happen. That's just letting anybody out there know that you can make it happen, though. You know what I'm saying? Definitely what you got, you know what I'm saying? To get to get the further, get the more. And it's all about gotta, giving thanks, though, too. You, know? you got to start somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Give right. thanks, but also be, also be a Appreciate what you have, you know. True. So you, so that way you can appreciate what you receive. Yeah, man. Appreciate you calling in, man. Let me get through the. I got like, got like one more caller, I think, and then I'm trying to get see if uh, Joseph figured out what he was doing, man. But all right, bet, man, bet, man. Peace to the family, peace to everybody, though. You know what I'm saying? Indeed, it's another brick in the foundation. You know what I'm saying? We out.
you know, variations or adjectives that they, they put in front of the different types of trust. I just wanted to know if you could maybe speak on a little bit um, whether, you know, if there's a specific type of entity trust that you um, think is best or, you know, provides um, more protection to the, to the person. Um, I've also heard about um, superior trust under canon law. I was just curious if you could maybe speak on that a little bit. In my my personal opinion, um, contract trust. Um, you know, you get into you know canon law, you get into ecclesiastical trust, and you get into you know you know is it is it does it fall under the under the Bible and the Bible that's under the Pope. So is it is it the Pope of Rome's trust that has your you know I don't know. I don't want to introduce any type of, you know, controls that could potentially, you know, be adverse to, you know, the creators or the grantors interest. So my personal thing is, is a contract trust um, based on, you know, uh, the common law right to contract. A lot of people say common law trust or something like that. But, you know, te- technically, there's no such thing as a common law trust. It's a it's a contract that's um, executed under the common law right contract unlimited so yeah I mean there's, okay. there's, there's over, over over 80 some odd different types of trusts um, the biggest thing is um, is, it, is it based on contract law or is it based on um, legislative law some sort of legislative jurisdiction and then you know you have people who will say oh religious trust or ecclesiastical trust a lot of times when I hear that I'm seeing people that are looking to try to you know um, have some sort of tax exempt status or something on their trust um, so, but I don't, I kind of stay away from, you know, not, not, not to the fact that like I have any problem with Christianity or Christendom, but you know, um, you know, these, the, that Bible's in these courts and these courts are kind of, you know, they're not, they, they appear to be corrupt at least. So, um, yeah, long, no. long answer Long answer is a contract trust with the you know specific jurisdiction invoked within the contract. And okay. Yep. Um, all right. Um, do you do you have availability um, tomorrow or Friday for a, a consultation again? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I do. Okay. I'm, I'll I'll, uh, I'll 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 follow the the steps and the process to um to get that that started. Um, and then I'll, I'll follow up with you by email. Okay, sounds good, brother. I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right, take All right. care. Peace. Man, I'm wishing open and praying. This is Sister Yvette, so she can take us out. 929-4056. Peace. What's your name? Where you calling from? Peace, my brother. Sordell. Peace, kings and queens. Peace, community. My brother, good info tonight. But let me tell you something. Community. On point when you get these CPNs, I told y'all don't co mingle, don't use your state IDs, use your passports. Another thing, make sure it's a new address, don't use the same old address, new address, use your passport. When you go, don't be nervous, be confident. Another thing. Trade lines do attach to the CPN. You got to find the right companies that you could purchase the trade lines from. 
legitimate. I have a few. Strong Towers, S-S-T-T-R-A-D-E-L-I-N-E-S.com, authorizedusers.com. They will attach trade lines to the CPNs. Do not be stupid, kings and queens. Don't use the CPNs for games that you have to be responsible for because they will find you. They will mingle everything about you in that area, in in that point. They will pinpoint you. Don't play yourself. The CPNs can give you a new way of doing things if you do it correctly. Don't use it to do wrong. Next thing is, when you get them, you try merge. Capital One, American Express, Discover. New addresses, do not use prepaid phone lines. You must get a contract phone line. When you get your contract phone lines, you are using your CPNs. Do not use your state ID. It will hook you up to your old identity. It will hook you up to your social. It will trail you. Start new all over again, my brothers and sisters. And for those of you who have not thought about your private education, time is really growing short. Get your education. It's a lot of wolves and sheep clothing coming and offering you training, a trustee training for two or three months for little or nothing. You are not going to get the same instruction, the same teaching, the same wisdom, the same smooth glove treatment. Be honorable, kings and queens. Take care of your debts. If you're getting this information, make sure you use it properly. And for all the y'all that are calling in and you're going into your whole history, that's why he says private consultation. Some of you are going to end up in some serious problems on these airways. It's called private consultation. You send in your donations, you have a conversation in the private, not in the public, kings and queens. Remember, honor at all times. Stay in the private. All things cannot be publicly discussed. Be honorable. Take care of your debts. Do what is right. My brother Salto, It's always a pleasure. Keep your head up, King. Keep your head up. Keep doing the right thing because everybody's trying to imitate, but they can't authenticate. You keep doing the right thing. Everything is lining up for you. Kings and queens, do what's right. Get into your private education. Go back into the archives. Take your time. Don't slip because there's some wolves on this line. They're waiting for you, and they're going to get you. The CPNs, when you're doing the trade lines, if you're 60 years old, you should have a background that's close to 18 and older. 
don't get a 20-year history and you're only 22. Don't get a six-year history and you're 66. It has to be age-appropriate. Use wisdom when you attach these trade lines. My brother, Solo, peace, kings and queens, community. I'll talk to you in the private on Sunday. Peace, my brother. Peace, sister. Peace to the queen. Thank you very much. <clears throat> very important information that she put forth. I suggest y'all pay attention. She knows what she's talking about, especially with these CPNs. Don't play around. And yeah, she definitely said some things that I'm, you know, I'm not going to say on the air. So, you know, y'all should uh, at least, you know, throw a young salute to the sister Yvette for dropping some, some auxiliary knowledge. Appreciate y'all. So with that being said, I want to say thanks for checking out the show. If you're interested, you can email me, admin at welcometothefoundation.com. Get a consultation, trusty training, however you want to do it. Um, if you're interested in getting gold affordably, you know, and making it making it a, making it a dance, email me. Um, you know, I do, do my dance with Carrot Bars. Uh, I think I might know someone who might know someone about... You know what? I'm not going to say that. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. Um, you're the reason why I do this. And, you know, I trust that you're investing in your private education. But listen, you're going to have to grind how most won't so you can live how most can't. And, you know, you look around and see what happened in the last recession. And most people lost everything. You know, it was a very few people who didn't. And, you know, even more, even fewer who created their fortune during that last recession but you know like I said I'd be breaking my neck to get into trusted training if I were you and that grind which you'll be doing that most people are not grinding most people are not you know learning about trust administration because oh yawn boring but that'll allow you to live how those people cannot and that it is what it is. You can't get around it. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. Admin at welcome to the foundation dot com. Welcome to the foundation dot com. You know, get your get your learn on. I'll catch y'all next week. I have a great week. Enjoy yourself. Take care of yourself. Say ten things that you're thankful for tonight before you go to sleep. And be good. Be good. Be good to yourself. Be good to those around you. You know, have a great week. Appreciate you. Peace. Doing this thing all the way live. High frequency radio.